Welcome to Pilgrim Lost. Come walk with us while we explore life in hopeful motion. It's Pilgrim Lost Podcast. I am Tony Kriz. Producer Mark is sick. He is down. He's down for the count. He is in bed. He might be sucking his thumb. It is bad. It is bad. No, he's doing okay. We, but we do. We pray for his quick recovery because we miss producer Mark. Uh, here at Pilgrim Lost, we we talk about trekking often. We talk about long-distance walking or taking adventures that push our bodies to go the extra mile. Often we talk about the Community de Santiago, which producer Mark just returned from, and I am going to. Matter of fact, by the time we produce this episode, I may be in Spain. Believe it or not, I am already starting to pack. You should see my study. I'm covered. I'm there are little piles of Camino accoutrement all around me because I cannot wait to go. But here at the podcast, we don't just fantasize about the day we get to actually begin our walk at the, on the Camino or any other pilgrimage around the world. We talk about the everyday. We really want to get to. What does it mean to be a pilgrim in our everyday life? What does it mean to embrace these themes of community and family, of, of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, communal health in our everyday life? How do we build practices like a pilgrim would without having to exert privilege to take a month and a half off to fly to the other side of the world and spend a bunch of money to do it in our everyday, working around our jobs, working around the other parts of our lives, working within and around our families. How do we do that? That's what we're talking about here. And I am very privileged today to have a brand new friend, a brand new friend, so brand new that you're going to witness some of our first words to one another. This is Corey Douglas. Douglas, right? That's correct. Corey Douglas. Corey Douglas. And Corey, I I got connected with Corey because Corey met producer Mark on the Camino de Santiago just weeks ago. Corey, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Tony. Thanks uh, for having me. And I just want to take a quick moment just to visualize uh, Mark in the bed sucking his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So first of all, just give me give me the big parameters. Uh married kids, job, like like who are you? Ooh. Okay. Where do I start? I am married for going on 30 years. God bless. And um I have four children, three are living, and that's a oh. part of the um the Camino story when we get to that part. Oh right? wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. and um I am not working currently. I um, another part of the communal experience. I was in between jobs when I had opportunity to go on the, my first. You know, I did the communal in sections. In my first um, stint in the Camino, I um, I had an opportunity to go, and as a result of that experience, um, I was motivated, inspired to go back to college and study philosophy and theology. And so I got a master's in philosophy and theology. And as you find me now, um, 
I'm still trying to work out which direction the rest of my life is going to take. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm trained. Uh, my career had been in um, accounting. I have an accounting degree. I have an MBA. Okay. I'm CPA. That kind of financial kind of um, career path. And uh, I had the privilege to work with some pretty innovative companies. And um, I was pretty hard driven in terms of my life focus in that area. And I think with many folks that you probably talked to, um, life has a way of getting your attention. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, it, it makes no doubt about that. I really want you to pay attention to this. And in, and so I would have, I describe a series, a series of Jobian types of experiences. I would call it Jobian, but it could also be called a Plutonian if you were to use a, a different kind of reference tool yeah. to kind of describe it, right? And um, you know, and trying to contend with Lord Pluto is not an easy thing. And so, um, you know, having to um, you know come to life, you know, come to grips with life and death, my own health, and then the health of my family, my son. Um, it just changes your perspective. You just, you know, okay. forever scarred. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Your own health, uh, family tragedy, yeah. uh, career transformation, self enlightenment. Okay, don't let's 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 not climax too early here. Let's let's, let's yeah. work our way into it a little bit, my friend. You guys introduce myself. I, I, I struggle. Like, I can yeah. tell we're already friends because you're exactly <laughs> like me. Uh, my I tell my my family every day. My middle name is uh, Captain Overkill. Yeah, because I yeah. just didn't yeah, go for it. it. So, I, 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 first of all, tell me, uh, tell me about your impressions of producer Mark. Let's go ahead and uh, let's start a little light. What was uh, what was it like to meet producer Mark on the trail? Oh my god, I remember the day. Um, you know, this is going to sound really corny, but Good. there's people you can meet. Like you know, you you know how you hear a song for the first time. When you were growing up and you know where you were when you heard that song for the first time. Right. Um, meeting producer Mark, and it was another gentleman with us. It was like, I remember the day, and it was like, I wouldn't say it was love at first sight. That's kind of kind of quirky, but <laughs> this, there was this a resonance at first mm -hmm. meeting, right? And that we were immediately in the same kind of vibe. You know, he's about like a decade or so older than me, maybe a little bit more, but um one of the things I really enjoyed meeting um, uh, on the Camino was meeting some dudes, you know, some like some dudes that, you know, I could look up to. Not that I have this, this demanding standard or whatever, whatnot, but just guys who've kind of done it before. There are few, they're full human beings in terms of, you know, they have some little, uh, some success in their careers or they have family, they're family men but they also have the capacity to see about their spiritual lives. You know, that's to me is very meaningful and it's, in, it's, and it's balanced, right? It's a balance in terms of, you know, um, um, prioritization and attention, right? And so yeah. immediately we were able just to establish this tremendous rapport. You know, you talk about, you know, you called yourself Captain Overkill. I, I think like, I find myself asking them questions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the questions you carry with you that, you you know, you'd struggle with and you say, well, right. not that I'm, at, uh, I'm not asking you for your answer to my question. I'm asking you, how do you think about this particular aspect? 
and he has an answer. And, you know, we were talking about things and he's no, maybe it's no conclusion, but at least I can have the conversation. And, 100%. and so over a course of a couple of days, we just um, really hit it off. And, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that happened with the Camino is I had um, booked a certain cadence in my, in my walking. And so I had to honor that. And he had a slightly different cadence. And so we had a chance to come together for a couple of days. And then because of our cadences being different, then I had to go on further than he did at the time. And that's also something really weird about the Camino from a, as an allegory for a life path kind of thing, right? Where you come into contact with certain people, you coexist for a period of time, and then the frequency or the cadence changes. And then you find yourself like having to go um, uh, uh, separate ways or um, come apart. And so that was, you know, in a nutshell, that was my experience with meeting Mark. It was just like someone, hey, show me some pictures after you've kind of gotten to um, Santiago. Hey, what did you do here? Uh, oh, I really loved how you described what's going on with your son, some of your, your you know, um, descriptions of some of the experiences. Here's what happened with me and my family. You know, it was a safe place for me to be vulnerable and to, to have communion. Love it. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, he's, he's my go-to guy. When I got yeah. something I got to talk through, yeah. you know, marriage, kids, finances, future goals, fulfillment, yeah. career, like he's my go-to guy. Those guys, those type of people are gems, right? It's gems. Like, yeah. So, so Corey, give me, give me your Camino story. Like, how'd you first hear about it? How long did it take you to go the first time? I guess you've been a couple of times. So it's just kind of give me a, the, the quick overview. Give us. Yeah. So everyone asks you, you know, in the Camino, well, how'd you hear about this thing? Right. And so I, um, I was reading The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. There you go. There yeah, you go. I really was impressed by that book and I wanted to read more of his work and, he had a book called The Pilgrimage, was, which was his experience on, on the, the pilgrimage of Santiago de Capastella. Now, having gone through and done the, the, uh, the um, Camino, uh, Paulo Coelho must have been on mushrooms or something like that. <laughs> That's what he describes in the book. Yeah. This total metaphysical kind of experience he had. Whereas my experience was more like achy legs and sore feet. <laughs> um, but that's that, that piqued my interest. And then, you know, I think everyone knows about the um, the Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez movie, The Way. Right. And, um, I was coming in contact with the, with the Camino. There's one other source I'm going to mention, but I was, at this was, as this was happening, I was just being diagnosed with um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Come on. And, and that, you know, and I've just started my, my chemo protocol. And um, that was a very constraining experience, to say the least, right? There's, I'm going to like, I'm sure you, there's a lot of people who, who have cancer stories, and um, I'm not trying to be unique in, in, in terms of my experience, but it's just, it's a harrowing kind of experience. It's like, I call it like, uh, it's not orphic but you, you tend to like see the gates of the underworld a little bit you know when you when you go into the waiting room to get your treatment you yeah. see a variety of different types of people <clears throat> you encounter other stories who are 
no, and I've come across several individuals who are like um, really struggling far more than I was. So uh, I just, you know, I don't use that language. Oh, I kick cancer's butt or anything like that. I don't, I don't say that right. at all. I usually talk about like, well, this is something, something came to teach me a lesson. And can I be open enough to it to like understand what it wanted to tell me? Right. Um, and, and I treated it with respect. But um, so this was going on where I'm coming in contact with the, uh, the idea of the Camino. I read somewhere about um, major religions, you know, uh, and how each of the major religions have uh, some kind of right or concerning um, pilgrimage. Right. Get out of here. And I, I, I didn't believe it. And I grew up um, in a Protestant kind of environment from a Christian standpoint. And so that's not something that, you know, People, I mean, I guess you could go on a, on a plane and fly to Israel or something like that and go to Bethlehem or something like that. But it was nothing. I've never heard of that concept of pilgrimage before. And so I looked it up and I, sure enough, there's all these different pilgrimages. And I thought, like, well, this would be a good way for me to spend some time uh, if, if I'm able to recover from this illness, which I thank goodness I was. Really quickly, before you move on, put a pin in that. Don't forget where you are. I just want to yeah. make sure to emphasize again, this idea of pilgrimage has birthed in every corner of the planet, in all of these different cultural, religious systems, the idea has come about as this is something that is good for you. This would be something that would be helpful. And um, inevitably, like you said, the pilgrimage for you was sore legs and hurting feet or whatever you said. Um, in the in the midst of like basically putting yourself in a position of pain, everyone I know, everyone to a person who is, who has done a pilgrimage like the community of Santiago at the end, they say it's one of the best experiences of their entire life. They loved it. It was transform transformational. So there's this global discovery of pilgrimage. And yeah. then there's this universal experience of pilgrimage that it is this it's meaningful. It is something that's meaningful, which is why we started this podcast, because we wanted to go, well, then these themes probably need to be a part of our lives. Like these themes probably need to be because if it's this global and this universal, then it must be inherently human. And if it's inherently human, it must be cooperative with sort of what it means to 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 live a full human life. Sorry for that. Please continue. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I, it, it was something that struck me as something as universal. A and B, it's like, wow, can I arrange my life in a in a way where I can experience such an have such an experience? Because there is something there spiritually that we'll talk about later that um that the pilgrimage offers you, right? You don't you know, I, I can't say I knew I was getting myself into, you know, <laughs> who does, right? Um, so um, you know, I finished my um my chemo treatment in I would say April of 2016. And in okay. May of 2016, I was on the Camino. Come on. No, I was pretty nervous too. And, you, and I think everyone described you how the first day is, right? It's pretty. So, no, I'm sorry. You finished your chemo in April and you were on the Camino. Yeah. Chemo, Camino. That's a little difficult to say. Yeah. Chemo in April, Camino in May. Yeah. Were you skinny? I mean, were you? I was, I was um, you know, I, I was at least 20, 30 pounds skinnier than I was now. 
I am now. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was not sure if I could actually walk for those distances. Over. Oh, I was, I was really nervous about it. And I had, um, I had a family friend, a cousin of mine come with me and I have to tell you, it was, we only went for 10 days. The first 10 days we walked from uh, St. John to Lagrano in 10 yeah. days or so. And it was like, the, the most incredible experience of my life. One of the that's, most that's incredible. that's a rough 10 days. I mean, that's some yeah, you're getting walking. some vertical, we're you're walking. getting some vertical in there. Yeah, we're walking. We walked up that mountain and and in the Pyrenees and came yeah. down on the other side, which is almost it's, it's just as hard. Yeah. And um, no, we covered some ground and we met some friends that you know I can like use the superlatives that you've um, already indicated. It was just like um um you know, uh, just a tremendous kind of self-gift, right? Right. And um, even then, I was in between jobs, and I was trying to figure out how to make this all work. And the challenge was just, you know, having that block of time, and then your, your, your you know, your career um, responsibilities, and then your family responsibilities. Guys, I, st I still had two younger kids. My oldest son was still alive then. Um, and then um, so it's just trying to balance all that stuff. And I just came through this, this massive illness. And and um, so I was able to squeeze in 10 days. And so I was so grateful for that. I just, right. um, I took them and I was hooked. And I had this aha moment where, you know, there's a couple of things that happens, you know, on, 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 on a pilgrimage, right? That I want to talk to you about from my perspective. Um, but let me just finish this, this train of like my communal experience. So I did that for 10 days, came back, lived life a little bit. Two years later, I came back with my entire family. I felt so compelled by the beneficial, um, aspects of the experience that I had my, I had, um, my, my wife and my, 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 um, three of my kids come. I had my mother come. I had my. My sister, her two kids, her my two nieces come and some other family. It was about 11 or 12 of us. And we walked a portion of the Camino together. I've never heard of that. Yes. Yes. We didn't make a lot. Of, we couldn't. We didn't cover a lot of ground. <laughs> we have a party of that large, that size. We walked from Lagrano to Burgos, which was legitimate. Okay. Uh, what inspired me to, first, to do that is because when it, the first time I walked on the Camino, I saw... Families, grandparents, right? You know, you know, grandchildren. You know, you know, it's just a wonderful kind of medieval kind of um, tradition where just people from Europe and all over the world just walk this together as a family. And so I was really inspired that here's something. You know, there's some terrain places where the terrain would be like um, you have to be mindful and you know, make sure that you know someone who's older is yeah. mindful the terrain and maybe you skip that little part or something like that but here's something where you know you can really experience like each other in a in a um a new kind of um atmosphere um we had great food we had um, great fellowship we argued sometimes you know yeah. family stuff right and and burgos is a great town for family yeah i mean burgos it kind of feels like disneyland a little bit you know there's all the white stone and the big cathedral and they've got the little the little cogwheel train that runs around the so that's that's great yeah 
So, you know, the first time I was inspired to um, go back to college and study philosophy and theology. And so I was doing that. And I didn't I didn't finish until um, June or May of 2020. And I had planned part of my, you know, completion was to get my degree and then finish the Camino. But we all know what happened in 2020. Um, those plans went awry, awry because of the because <clears throat> uh, of COVID. Yep. And COVID it was pretty frightening. I, I I live in the New York metropolitan area. Okay. So, yeah, and so it was just really COVID really hit New York City really hard in the surrounding um, areas, and that that plan was put on hold. And I found myself like for like eighteen months chipping at the bit. It was like really like. It was some kind of internal suffering because I felt like I have a predisposition towards completion. And yet here's the biggest thing in my life that I care about. One of the biggest things in my life I care about, and I haven't completed it yet. It's just, hmm. it's just nagging at me. And um, just fortunately, like this year, things opened up well enough for me to, um, to, to, um, to finish it. And um, I was able to go there with my wife and... Um, and that's where I met Mark, and we spent the month of June walking from Burgos to Santiago. And Fantastic. It, yeah, that's my Camino story. Uh, and your was, wife was there with you the whole time? She was there with me the, the whole time. I mean, I think this kind of hiking is not quite her style. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she was, you know, we had it situated where if, Someone, if she needed a day off or something like that, it was just, this was a lesson for me. This was the okay. lesson I have to tell you. Um, you can you can make it so you know a person who's like, okay, you know, something's going on with my ankle or something like that, or just not feeling like it. Hey, you can take a service to the next town and wait for me, and I can do the walking. Yeah, you know, I'm I can be very literal. And try to hold everyone to my standard about how things are supposed to be. I have to walk every single inch, you know, even if I'm in pain and suffering. And my wife has a different approach. She says, look, you know, this is not working for me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what works for me. Right. And that's that's a that's a lesson I learned on the Camino. It's like, OK, you have to you have to. It seems like an obvious lesson to learn, but. A hundred percent. I mean, well, everyone's like, pilgrimage is their pilgrimage. Exactly. Exactly. We cannot sanctify a particular philosophy of how fast you walk, how far you walk, whether you carry your bag or not, whether or not you stay in a hotel or or in a hostel, you know, whatever it is. Everyone's whether you go 10 days, you go 30 days, you go 40 days, you go 50 days. It's your Camino. And that in itself is a metaphor of life. Yes, because yes. we're so tempted to judge other people based on the life that we're living. Yes, we yes. have to let every person manifest their own like self actualization and trust the divine to be leading each person on their unique pilgrimage through life. And, um, and I completely agree. That's one of the themes of this podcast is, you know, sometimes we have fun and Mark and I joke around about how, you know, he sends his bag forwards and stays in hotels and I, and I poke fun at him, but all of that is really just to come back and say, no, no, that's great. Like you need to do that, but, and that's, that's your pilgrimage. And I've got no right to say one way or the other about it. Yeah, no, it's, um, 
And it's funny because you, you talk about the judging and mm. when you start to realize is that, oh, how much you actually do that and how much you do to yourself because, mm. you know, that's, the, the, you know, you're holding yourself accountable to some type of inner judgment. And then you take that inner part and then you, you, you uh, project it onto other people as well. And so you, you still come back to, you know, you're able to kind of through that, through that dynamic, find some more self-discovery and then find some more inner space. And then hopefully when you find that inner space, you can afford more space for other people. You know, yes. So you kept, you kept, you left a couple narratives there sort of hanging earlier. One was some transformative experiences you had after that second Camino or in the midst of that, can you get into some of those transformative experiences? Well, you know, one of the things we were talking about just earlier is just how universal the, um, the spirit of pilgrimage is across yes. you know, the world. And okay, what's, what, what can you encounter on, on the pilgrimage? Why is this so important? Why is it so universal? And some of the things I kind of realized is like, okay, like, okay, what am I carrying in my pack? What am I carrying metaphorically in my mind or, mm. you know, or, you know um, literally in my pack? Do I need everything in my pack? Mm. Do I have all this safety stuff? Yeah, I can be safe. I can have multiple, um, you know, shoe, not shoes, but like, you know, things to wear and stuff like that, but that has a weight and it has a price and you have to carry that stuff. And it's like, so you, you end up always assessing, you know, what am I carrying? Do I need to really, do I really, really, really need this? And so you end up taking things out your pack. And I say, that's a metaphor for what happens emotionally and um, mentally. You kind of like start to take things out of your, because you, you're, you're walking, you're in this verdant kind of, um, uh, topography where it's just everything's beautiful and you're upset or you're thinking about something that's 3,000 miles or 4,000 miles away, you know, that happened in the past or you project into the future. Um, and so this is the baggage that you're carrying. And what I really liked about the Camino is that you walk long enough, you start to realize you can outwalk your thoughts. Hmm. You, know, you, you, you think that you don't realize that I didn't realize that I could be thinking about something. And I can I can think about it for an hour, two hours, three hours. Mm -hmm. But you know, eventually I've thought about it as much as I can be able to think about it. And it, mm -hmm. just, it just disappears, it dissipates. You get released from it. You get released that's my experience. It's yeah. Like, I mean that's oh. just, that's just, that's the whole um, you know, that's uh that's meditation. That's what meditation tries to reveal to to the meditator, but on the Camino, on the on a pilgrimage, you get that same experience where right, you know, I can like stuff just starts to fall off, and yeah. I'm just present in the moment, experiencing, you know, all there is to experience right yes. here and there. Yes, that's one. By the way, just on that, my metaphor for that is when I when I so I just walked it once. I walked from Saint Jean to um, to Santiago. Uh, four, five years ago, four and a half years ago. And then I'm going again next month. I'm, I leave in September. Oh my God. And um, when I was walking, I had this experience where my subconscious about, about mile 11, my subconscious would get so bored that it would go into the attic of my mind, into the dusty boxes. It never has time to go through. Yeah. And my subconscious would grab a box and start to work through it. Next thing you know, I'm, I spend the next 
three hours thinking about my dad or thinking yeah. about my mom or thinking about this childhood experience or this particular wound or this particular false belief I have about myself or this mentor from my childhood that I haven't thought of in forever who gave yeah. me so much and remembering the gift of relationships and these older people who have put things in my life or whatever it would be, go through a box. And I would get to the point where you, my subconscious would get to the bottom of the box and my subconscious would go, okay, you thought through that. Good job. And I was, <laughs> I'd just let it go. <laughs> you know, and put the box aside and the next day it might open another box. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I hear you. It's like, um, you, you do, it does give you ample time in a safe place to process a lot of things. Yeah. Right. And your body's constantly moving and you're you, and you're constantly bombarded with just beauty, you know, you know. And so that's that's what's really great about and it. Pain, beauty and pain. There's a lot of mourning that takes place. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, rem the, those hurts that we push down with the busyness of our life. Those things start to surface and we have to mourn. And we have to grieve some things afresh because. Your mind's like, I can't, I can't keep a push down in this space any longer. I'm sorry. I just can't. And your soul starts to go, we have to deal with this. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I thank you for pushing up, bringing that to the conversation. I mean, it's easy to talk about like um, letting things go, but it's also, I agree. It's also um, a good time to process things that need to be expressed. You know, and there's there's a lot. Of, there are there are tears on that road, and yeah, and and um, how can I describe the tears? That the tears are, um, they are needed. They're they're welcome. They're 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 part of your life experience as a human being. And I think sometimes in our culture we get so kind of caught up with trying to put on a good face on everything and achieve and overcome that you never have a proper amount of time to mourn and to um, let yourself feel the heartaches that that you carry fully and come to terms with them. Yeah. You know, um, I think that makes you a much more compassionate human being. And um, yeah, and so I, 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 um, I, I think it also lets you think thoughts that you don't let yourself think and to have a grounding. One of the things that in, I was really intrigued with by the Camino was, and um, I'm not necessarily a Catholic at, at all, but I do recognize a sacred space when I see one. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so being able to like do all this processing, like you said, like um, whether it be tears or uh, memories or reflections, and then to have a break and walk into like an old chapel or something like that and sit down in a pew and just just breathe and just meditate, to me, was just inc an incredible gift to kind of be able to do that. You could do that on a road or you could do that like I like I there was big basilicas and cathedrals and stuff like that. It was, it was overwhelming. But the, the little side of the road, little, you know, ramshackle little. Um, you know, little, little church thing place. I thought those were the best. Those were my favorite. Falling apart. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So great. A little sister there, like, yeah. you know. Simple uh, little wooden pews and you go yeah. in and. I was going, I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes and just breathe. Yeah, just I, breathe. Me, those, those were just like. Just breathe. Just 
totally helpful, totally yeah. like welcome, um, a gift actually, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, Hey Corey, you've, uh, you, you alluded to your son a couple times. You want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so this is an interesting conversation. Um, let me see where should I begin. So my son, um, he passed away when he was 21. Hmm. And um, he um, went to college uh, when he was 18. And when he came back, he was just not the same person. He was struggling with um, um, a mental illness um, that um, was diagnosed as some a form of schizophrenia. And he was totally unprepared to to even hold that diagnosis. We just didn't even know what it meant, you know? Um, and, you know, now from my perspective, um, I kind of believe, and you know, there's a full spectrum in terms of mental illness. Like you can like, um, sometimes it's good to have a medication, you know, as a medical, as a physiological kind of treatment that's, you know, the course of action. But sometimes I think it's a symbolic emergency as well to quote a Stanislav Grof kind of thing. And I think my son suffered from uh, a symbolic crisis of, of meaning. And, um, but he would never talk about it. And, um, and so he, um, you know, he just, he just deteriorated. Um, and, um, he had a, um, a predisposition. He developed a predisposition for um, of suicide, and he he eventually was successful in doing that. Hmm. And this is after you know we had him in like some pretty, we thought at the time pretty good care, you know. Um, and you know, his whole life, I was always trying to, um, I want to say, entice him. Um, um, through like in the beauty of life, you know, like look at this. Here's a, isn't this fun? Um, when you when you like to do this, uh, would you like to? Would you be interested in this? And he had his way of being able to see things, see through things, you know, in um in a way that um kind of show the um. The fleetingness, the fleetingness of it, and I think with that kind of perspective, if you're not careful, you develop a hopelessness in mm -hmm. terms of like um, our existence on this kind of plane right here. You know, mm -hmm. this you now it's like what, where's the enjoyment? Where do you find purpose? And I think that in my deep down in my heart, I thought that was his um, his. Um, that's what he struggled with in terms of trying to kind of come to terms with it. I think he had um, specters in his mind. Like uh, I'll give you an example of what I'm what I'm referring to. Um, like you can like say for instance you could try to protect yourself, and so you built you build a castle to do that, and so you're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. And then you finally outgrow the castle, and you want to leave the castle. And it's not so easy to get out the castle. There's a guard at the castle, and that guard is pretty ferocious, and he's there to protect you. And now you can't. You have to defeat the, the guard to get out the, the castle that you built your own in your own mind. 
And right. you can have these kind of specters in your mind um, all the time, and you have to always come and come to terms with it. That's why I like to read like a lot of some of like the fairy tales and things like that nature, some of the Jungian psychoanalysis, psychoanalysis stuff that kind of goes through the stories, the hero's quests and that kind of stuff. I think those things are really important for young men um, these days. That's just another side topic of just how to, how to derive meaning out of your life. You know, um, I think also we suffer from um, some family dynamics that are just uh, at, that are like hereditary and, and, and ancestral, right? Just like reperformances. And um, now I come from a tradition of a family where people don't talk about things that goes on. Like, right? Well, here's what happened. What was the deal? What was the deal with Uncle J Uncle Dave? Oh, we don't talk about Uncle Dave. Right. You know. Or you know, a great grandfather or 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 ancestor that they, they suffer from a family dynamic, and so you you kind of like as you set your own families, you kind of are like uninformed about some of the potentialities that are there. Right. So you know, one of the things that struck me is with my son is like when he was first diagnosed, the um, the psychiatrist said, "Hey, do you have any mental illness that runs in your family?" And my answer was no. I was pretty confident in that no. <laughs> <laughs> and then after some time transpired, it started to dawn on me, no, wait a minute, you know, there's something that's going on with my aunt here, you know, right. and, you know, no one talked about this part of this going on was uh, relative, yeah, yeah. you know, and so you start to realize that the, that vocabulary didn't really, really exist for us. And there's just some aspects of our personalities that we have to attend yeah. to. If we don't attend to it properly, um, there's, there's some repercussions. How have you, have you attended to your grief about it? Well, the, the, the luckiest thing, the fortunate, most fortunate thing, this is a pilgrimage right here. This is a pilgrimage story. This is going to tie right back into pilgrimage. And the most fortunate thing that ever happened to me was I went, I went on the Camino and I decided to go back to theology school. And I took my first class um, in September, and my son died in October. So October's are hard. Like, it's coming around his time. His birthday's September 5th, and he died in October. So fall is pretty hard. And I know that. So I, I, I tried to come to terms with it. And I was just devastated when that happened. I just, I, it's, it's indescribable. I, I don't even want to describe it because I don't even want you to even know what it feels like. You know, that's how terrible it is. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, and I was in my classes and I, 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 dropped, I was dropping my classes. I was telling my professors, this is what happened. I was in grief. I had one instructor. She said, you know what? You should keep this class. Come to the class, talk about it. Um, and that class was, was um, um, a, a class about how myths are relevant in your life today. And the main text of that class was the Odyssey. And um, I read Odyssey when I was in high school. I didn't really get it. And but to read Odyssey when you're, you know, middle-aged man is a different kind of experience. But with a guide, and the Odyssey really helped me kind of come to terms. We, so we did some the Odyssey. We did some poetry with uh, Rene Rilke, if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, and, um, and it gave me. Um, more vocabulary and more heart to kind of to, to, to be broken. You know, it gave me, 
gave me some orientation around uh, what, it what it is to live a human life. You know, the ups and downs and the, um, the allegories that um, were expressed with Odysseus in, in, that, in that book uh, the, um, was really helpful to me. And then I was also contemplating studying Jungian psychoanalysis. Psycho, um, and so I had, a, I had a therapist already. And so I was, right. so I was able to use that, you know, talk analysis, talk therapy to um, help me. And then my, and then my, then my pilgrimage kind of changed, you know, I'm sorry, just some, you know, I'm getting notified. I, um, I'm going to take that off. Um, so, but it's a process. I can't tell you, it's like, um, it's, it's, it's some distances, um, some distance from it. And time does have a way of, um, right. Uh, you know, making it less intense, but then I still have moments where I just really miss my son and it just, I know that's, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. But I also learned from the pilgrimage that, you know, that things have a limit to how long they last. I'm going to be really intensely sad for a period of time. And then, you know, it's going to pass. Yeah. And that just lets me know that I miss him and I love him. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So you just, Thank you for all that. That's, That's really right. amazing treasure. Um, you just completed the the Camino Frances. You just yes. and you did it in three stages. You just did Burgos to Santiago. Yeah. And you've been home now less than a month or yeah. about a month. How you doing? How's the reentry? So it, it was, um, you know, this is a, uh, <laughs> this is a Christian joke. Um, you know, Christ, um, he was, he went to the, um, he was buried in the, in the, in the cave for three days and three nights. And then they rolled a rock back and then the, the maidens came to, to see him and he said, don't touch me. Or maybe it was a Peter. He said, don't touch me. I haven't ascended to heaven yet. <laughs> it was like, you coming back off that is like, okay, I need a little time to myself just to kind of like, yeah, like come to terms with like uh, what I just experienced and I, I'm gonna dare say this you know just put what I just experienced in northern Spain aside you you come to back to America and, and you experience America in a different kind of way too right it's like where what the heck is this place <laughs> in in terms of its priorities and and you know, you've been like in this bubble for so long and you get to come outside the bubble and you come back in. And you're like, what the heck's going on here? And I have some friends that I talk about the, um, with, about the Camino. And one of the things they've, one of the, a good friend of mine um, has, has told me, a mentor, he said, you have to think about how to harvest. He used the word harvest your experiences from the Camino. There you go. And um, so, um what that is leading me to do, and is and I'm a work in, pro, work in progress here, is try to um, I'm not going to say authentically live your life, because um, I think that's like, but courageously be more courageous with yourself about there you go. what you're willing to kind of who you really are, and what that really means in terms of what direction your life's going to take going forward. 
There you go. Bring that courage into mm -hmm. it, right? It's like, um, and so that's what I'm, that's why I'm cultivating. I like um, it. You know, that's where, that's where my meditation lies. That's, you know, it's funny when I went to the Camino, I, I took these journals with me. I thought it's going to be writing all this stuff down. <laughs> it was really three pages. <laughs> there was just too much stuff to see, too many people to yeah. meet, you yeah. know, too many things to experience. And so I'm capturing some, a lot of that stuff now is happening for me now. Yeah. And um, I, 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 at my own peril, I mean, I have to, I have to act in this space that this Camino has shown me um, or to not do so is at my own peril. I, I'm, I, I'm not really expressing that well, but I know that like, I don't have an excuse not to be uh, authentic. Um, if I'm not authentic, because I'm not being courageous enough to be authentic. There you go. You know, and yeah, you used a metaphor earlier about the backpack. Yeah. And, you know, there's limited space in the backpack. And, uh, you, I mean, when you're, when you're walking on a pilgrimage and carrying your pack, every item has been discerned and rediscerned and rediscerned as to whether or not it's really necessary. Cause you gotta, you're going to carry that thing, whatever it is. And yeah. is it worth carrying or do you got to let it go? You gotta let that thing go, and that's part of the courage. That is part I, of the courage. Yes, I oh, remember. This is a really nice thing I got here. This is really nice. I worked so hard to get this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, when yeah. I got back, one of the things I just really felt is, I had spent my adult life trying to be somebody, you know, trying to be known, trying to be the guy that people call the guy that knows, knows everybody, you know, and I was maintaining all of these like spheres of relationships, whole communities. I was staying connected and, and I was exerting so much psychic energy to maintain this massive web of people. And I just realized I'm actually not being real to any of it because my energy is going towards keeping all the plates spinning not actually being deep with, with actual human beings, so actually going deep in life. And I just had to let a bunch of networks go. And it was amazing that once I stopped calling, they stopped calling me. And it's like, the, I, I was like, oh, I guess that wasn't as deep as I thought it was, you know? And I kind of learned who my people were coming. Yeah. That was one way that I unloaded my backpack when I got back. Yeah. You know, you know one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm meditating on now and, one of the things is the observation from the Camino itself was would never got old for me. I mean, this is the, my primary image of the Camino. That was the image of like taking my iPhone and pointing it forward and having that Camino road wind right. out into the future. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was just the, the most powerful symbol of the whole experience. And I just... I just love that, like Great. that kind of feeling. And I'm saying, okay, you know what? No matter what I decide to do, yeah, I have to have a feeling like that about what I decide to do. Like I'm going on this adventure to some place yeah. and uh, uncharted perhaps. And it's going to make me feel a certain kind of giddy way. 
Um, what I have to resist is this um, temptation to feel safe, you know, to have things around me, like the stuff that you have in your backpack we were just talking about moments ago. And I worked so hard for it, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it, it was, um, it was, um, how can I say it? It was, it was effort I used to achieve something that's maybe less than ideal at this stage of my life, but it's a sunk cost. That's a user. That's a, that's a accounting term for it. Um, but I have to let that go and not try to feel safe with what I've already have. But to be, have the courage to go forward to like where that where that adventure is going to lie for me. There you go. That's that's the lesson of the community. That's what it for me in a nutshell is where I'm. That's where my primary uh, meditation and motivation lies at this stage of my life. It's just okay, man. You know. You know how this is going to end, and the question is, what path you want to walk on, how you want to walk on it. Love it. Yeah, Corey, thanks for spending time with us. Oh, you, you totally. Man, welcome, man. You totally. You, you opened up the treasure chest. I mean, seriously. Uh, coming through cancer, loss of your son, yeah. the rediscovery of life, the change of career. I mean, you really, you really unloaded, and I just want you to know I really appreciate it, and I feel like you're a friend now. I mean, yeah. so great. And if you're ever in Portland, bud, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you the town. So, you uh, know, Portland all time. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Question. Who's ever in Portland? <laughs> you kidding me? Everybody comes to Portland. I'm just joking. That's a joke. That's a bad joke. I'm sure. Portland, I've been to Portland a couple of times. It's, it's a nice. All place. right. I, uh, I lived in a uh, summer in New York. Loved it. Yeah. Best summer of my life. So, yeah. all right. All right, thank you, my friend, and thank you to the Pilgrim Lost community. Thanks for being a part of it. Please check us out at pilgrimlost.com. And if you want to be one of our partners, please go to our Patreon account. We really appreciate the support. Thanks to everyone, and thank you, Corey and, and uh, producer Mark. Get well soon. Yeah. Take care. Thank you for walking with us. To stay connected, visit us at pilgrimlost.com. Please comment, share, and respond.